0: Praise thee, Lord, for plan, that we
1: place may be Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published, as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. On one hand, whether or not we believe in christ is purely our own decision we may choose to believe and to receive him as our savior or we can elect to reject him and pay no attention to him in any meaningful way our will is free and god will respect it either way but on the other hand all who have come to a real and genuine faith in the wonderful christ realize that god was very active in our environment leading up to the moment of our choosing him in one sense we had no choice We were trapped by the faithful God. Measure your own experience with us today as we come again to the book of Acts in the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Witness Lee, a faithful servant of Christ who labored and ministered for more than 70 years until going to rest with his Lord in 1997. We have recorded portions from his ministry today and with us to enjoy them and our fellowship on another classic life study is Francis Ball. Francis, it's very good, as always, to have you back with us in the studio.
2: It seems like every one of these uh, broadcasts are classics, so we're very happy to be here.
1: I am conscious of that. I say that a lot. I realize I just I don't have a better word for it, Francis. They They truly are classics. We continue today, Francis, to look at Peter's word before the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 5. Yesterday we got into this portion, and particularly his word in verse 31, that God has raised up Christ as the leader and the Savior. I think it's meaningful, isn't it, that before this council of esteemed religious leaders, Peter would point them to the real leader.
2: Yes, I think that's not only meaningful, but that's quite, I would say, amusing. When you uh, consider some who think they are so much in the lead... And they're controlling situations, they're controlling people to find out what Peter said here, that God has raised up Jesus. He's raised up Jesus to be the real leader and Savior. They were put in prison for speaking in the name of Jesus, contacting people in this way, and even filling the whole of Jerusalem with their teaching. They got put in prison for this. But the Lord came through an angel and delivered them out of prison. The angel had said, go and stand in the temple and speak all the words of this life. So they went, and they did that. And Peter uh, especially comes to the forefront here. They brought these apostles before the Sanhedrin, the leaders of the day in religion. And religion always thinks it has the upper hand. But actually, there is a leader among all leaders that's above all leaders. His name is Jesus Christ. And so when these men were speaking again in this name, it disturbed the uh, Sanhedrin quite a bit. And the high priest was there in that religion. He said, We strictly charge you not to teach based upon this name. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter just said, Well, we have to obey God rather than men. This is a good lesson to learn, I believe, Chris, that we always have to obey God rather than men. So this is the time that Peter said, This one, Jesus Christ, God has exalted to his right hand as leader and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Our Jesus is the real leader.
1: Francis, thank you for the background and good review of yesterday's program. Our life study in this portion is just opening up before us, and we're going to go ahead and join Witness Lee now with our first portion.
0: Sometimes I heard a number of kids say they got trapped by Jesus. And I felt quite often the same way. I got trapped. <laughs> Don't you feel this way? Sometimes we are in the seat of raising. We say, Hallelujah, oh O Lord Jesus, Amen. But sometimes the sky is not so clear. It's very cloudy. We began to think we were trapped. Oh, they got trapped into the church life. (laughs) What should they do? They like to jump out. But they like the mouse. They got trapped in the trap. (laughs) There's no way for the mouse to jump out. Got trapped. I got trapped. We all got trapped by Christ and in Christ, I don't think only I myself got trapped. I believe a good member. Then you began to think, oh, <laughs> I got trapped. In a sense, it is so, because Jesus is sovereign. Amen. He exercised his sovereign authority to arrange a trap. You are just like a mouse, running away here and there. The more you run, the more (laughs) you'll be trapped. (laughs) The faster you run, the faster you get trapped. (laughs) The Lord is sovereign. Don't forget, he's the ruler of the kings. For what purpose? For the purpose to arrange an environment that you could believe. Without this certain environment, you and I could never believe. Impossible. To believe, or not to believe, actually speaking, it is altogether not up to me. Neither up to you. <laughs> not up to you. Not up to me. It's up to him. He is exalted to be the leader over all things to arrange the environment for he's chosen people to believe in him, then he's the savior. <laughs> After he trapped you, he is your savior. Okay. but not to save you out of the tribe. Right. <laughs> he will keep you in the tribe right. and to save you from many other things, right. from God's condemnation, from God's judgment, from hell, from Hades, from affair You see, from your weakness, from your flesh, from so many evil things. He is the Savior. The leader and the Savior. The leader is for authority. And the Savior is for salvation. He is such a one. So, we have no choice. I don't believe among us anyone has ever chosen Jesus. I have no choice. No choice. Every choice is gone. I had to believe in him. Actually, not one of us was willing to believe. Every one of us was trapped. Could we run away? (laughs) We all see what he tried. Just like the ark made by Noah, (laughs) there was no door, just a sky window. The sky window is not in your hand, but in his hand. Until he opens, then you have no way to get out. I tell you, we are in the ark. We need the ark. You think about, without the ark, (laughs) we'll be flooded. Who put us into this ark? This leader. Nazarene, exalted by God to be the leader. And this leader has put all of us here. Now, hallelujah, we all got into one tribe. Oh, Lord Jesus.
1: Francis, this section continues a point that Dick Taylor spoke about yesterday. Christ as the leader really has the authority over all things, primarily in this age, however, to rule over the environment and to bring us to a place where we really have no choice but to believe. This is not so much a doctrinal point as an experiential one. What about your own experience, Francis?
2: Our leader, the resurrected and ascended Christ, has the ruling power over all the events. We think we have a, a right to our own choice, and sometimes I, I hear young people say, well, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to live my life the way I want. Later on, I may want to turn to the Lord. But they don't realize that it's not up to them. And I experienced that thing myself. I had the the blessing under God's sovereignty to be born into a church-going family. And from my youngest days, I was going to Sunday school and learning Bible verses, and even uh, formally joined the church on my own when I was very young. But it wasn't until the Lord arranged a lot of circumstances and showed me how I really needed Him and put me, as Brother Lee says, in a trap and I got trapped by the Lord Jesus in a way that I couldn't resist Him. Now today, looking back, I am thankful to the Lord for His sovereign ways of bringing us under His leadership and under His ruling to believe in Jesus Christ.
1: Francis, I think we all have our own answer to that question. I appreciated yours. Uh, We can surely see the Lord's hand operating in our environment, in our background, in whatever path we took. He has brought us to this point, hasn't
2: He? It's good to look back over our experience and see that this was the Lord's hand, and we just submit to Him.
1: Amen. Francis, we're going to look at gifts imparted from our Divine Father to us.
0: God exalted Him to His right hand as a leader and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. These two gifts, one is the gift of repentance and the other is the gift of forgiveness. Don't think these are minor gifts. These are major gifts. To give these major gifts needs such a qualification that you have to be the leader and the savior. If you are not the leader and the savior, You are not qualified. You are unable to give repentance to people. And you are unable to give forgiveness to people. Do you know in the entire universe, there's only one that is qualified, that is able to give these two gifts. The gift of repentance and the gift of forgiveness. Who can give these two gifts? Only Jesus. Jesus, by being qualified as the leader and the savior, it is not a small thing. We say we are trapped in a good sense, not in an active sense. You see, if Jesus didn't trap us, who among us will repent? You think about it. We'll all be forced to repent. Otherwise, we would not repent. Repent is not something of us. Repentance is a gift. Something given by the exalted leader and Savior. Following repentance is the gift of forgiveness. Hallelujah. We have received these two gifts. Yet for him to give these two gifts. He had to be qualified. And this qualification is just to be the leader. Articles. And the Savior. He is qualified. So, he is now giving all the time repentance and forgiveness to God, to the people.
1: Francis, I want to ask you about repentance and salvation as gifts. Maybe it's somewhat easy for us to think of salvation as a free gift, but I don't think we usually associate repentance with being a gift. But if we're honest about our own experience, without God giving His light to us for us to see our real condition and giving us His grace, we could never find real repentance on our own, could we?
2: That's true. I can say that from experience, and also I can see it from God's dealings with us with His Word. Repentance is a gift. It takes the light of the Lord Himself as the Spirit, shining on us, exposing what we are, what we've done, how we are, what we've thought, all of these things to cause us to repent. Repentance is definitely a gift from God, and not a small gift. It's a major gift. I am so grateful to the Lord, for every time He comes to me again, to bring me to a fresh repentance. And I found in my Christian life, there's not only the once repenting to become a believer, but there's lots of uh, experiences along the way as the Lord shines on us. Repentance is on our side. Salvation is based on Christ's atoning death, His redemption. But for us to receive a gift of repentance is what brings us to salvation.
1: Francis, you mentioned uh, we may feel sorry or have feelings of regret or remorse. Talk about the word repentance for just a moment. What does the word actually mean?
2: This word means a change of mind, a realization of the true fact, the true condition, and turning from what you see yourself to be to receive the forgiveness of the Lord and to accept the fact that you are a sinner and you need to repent. You're going the wrong way, and you need to change your mind. You're thinking the wrong way, and you need to have a mind renewed. You need life to bring you to repentance. So the term in the Bible is used, repentance unto life. He grants us repentance, turning from ourself, from our own way, from our fallen condition, turning to our Savior, the Lord Jesus. That's a repentance, a changing of the mind to believe in Christ.
1: Francis, we're going to join Witness Lee for a section and see one of the great religious leaders of the day in this coming portion.
2: A
0: very excellent man by the name Camille He was a teacher of law, honored by all his people. A great rabbi, a great teacher of law, Camille Well, the... Uh, Leaders were perplexed, not knowing what to do, how to do. Then Gamaliel rose up and told them not to do anything. I like these few verses. Verse 8. And now I say to you, Stay away from this man and leave them alone. For if this counsel or this work is of man, it will be overthrown. But... If it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, lest perhaps you even be found fetters against God. Very good word. But, I like to check with you, such a pious, a godly man, was he in God's economy? Did he know anything concerning God's economy? Even through all the centuries, so many godly ones are just like Gamilo. Today, too many good Christians pass godly, yet they don't know a bit of God's economy. What God is doing today, they don't have an idea. Like Gamilo, he didn't have any idea what the Lord was doing through Peter and John. He used the word if, if, if. He didn't know a bit of God's economy. And he was not in it at all. In the past half century, I met a good number of godly men. Very godly, very past. Yet I didn't have to send you. They didn't know what God is doing today on this earth. Just to be godly, just to be spiritual, that is altogether not adequate. You must know God is still moving. Don't you believe God today is still moving? Surely He is moving. Then we must find out in what way God today is moving. Do you have the assurance that certain denomination is God's way? In the record of the divine revelation, surely you can see it. My, hi, Peter and John were there in God's economy. They were moving with God. Rather, God is moving with them. They were moving and they were motivated to move with God. Here it says, not only we witness, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses. We do have inner assurance when we don't have inner satisfaction to say, this is the way. Hallelujah. We are not today's gameters. We are today's Peter, John, James, and Andrews. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't this wonderful? When King and John were charged again not to teach in this name, they went back rejoicingly and they praised the Lord. And they said that they were counted worthy to be dishonored on behalf of the name. And Every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not seek teaching and bring in the good news of Jesus as the Christ. They did not only did the preaching in the temple, but also they did it from house to house. In every house of the believers, they preached the gospel. We do have a reason to follow this, to practice the house to house preaching.
1: Francis, I'm quite intrigued by this Jewish scholar and leader, Gamaliel. We see him later in Acts, in chapter 22, when Paul talks about studying at his feet as a zealous young Pharisee before his salvation. It's quite obvious that he is learned, scholarly, and very much respected. He even possessed a good deal of wisdom from the counsel that he gave in this difficult situation that they found themselves in. But despite all of these attainments... He lacked one key. He was short of any revelation of God's economy. This could happen to us as well, couldn't it, Francis?
2: And not only could happen, I think in many, many cases it has happened. I know of cases like this of people that are very upright and uh, spiritual and leaders and zealous, but they don't have light in their zeal as to what God's Word really reveals concerning His economy. It's wonderful, Chris, in this ministry, through these years, we have seen God has an eternal purpose, and He works on that plan from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. And the only way to really see what the real situation is and to be in accord with God's leading is not to be a good person and not to be an intelligent and even a wise person, but it is to be an enlightened person by the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. And we see that God's eternal purpose, God's economy, is to work Himself into man, to be life to man, and to build up these believers together into one, so that He has one corporate expression of Himself on the earth. This is God's eternal purpose, and His economy is to work out that purpose, by infusing himself and dispensing himself into man. And what Gamaliel didn't see was God's economy. What he did show was a good attitude and a good fair way of treating the situation. But this is not God's economy. God's economy is to dispense himself into sinners to make them the sons of God to accomplish an expression of himself on this earth.
1: Francis, this matter of God's economy, I think, as Witness Lee opened it up, we see it here in in a very interesting contrast. This is an aside, but I'd like to ask you. We have the contrast of this one we've been talking about, Gamaliel, with the great religious leaders of the time. But we also have this picture of just the simple common saints, dear lovers of Christ, gathering together in their home, not in the temple. Quite an interesting contrast, isn't it?
2: Yes, that really is an interesting contrast because religion always has to build up something big and impressive and uh, full of authority. But God's real lovers are just for him, not for their being good and religious, but for having Christ as their life. And when we get together as believers and uh, simply get around in a home, as the early believers did, there is kind of a fellowship there that's so pleasant with the believers and also very pleasant to the Lord. This is his heart's desire, that he could have a group of people not occupied with the vastness of their religious buildings, their religious paraphernalia, but they are really occupied with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we read through Acts, we find out that's so much in the homes of the believers, house to house, enjoying one another in Christ day by day and spreading this kind of life everywhere they go. May the Lord really deliver us from all this pretense and bring us into a simplicity of enjoying Christ as our life, our Savior, and our leader.
1: There are so many things that can be focused on when you come to the book of Acts, the miraculous supernatural things, all of these uh, enticing and interesting stories. But to see, as you have put it, God's focus continually, consistently comes back to this type of picture. Believers gathering in a simple way, mostly in homes, day by day, breaking bread together, and really enjoying the presence of our wonderful Lord Jesus.
2: That's the Christian life.
1: Francis, thank you for your help today. Uh, another classic life study I think we can all agree at this point we're maybe overusing that term but until we find another one we'll probably continue to do so (laughs) come back again very soon won't you
2: I hope to thank you very much
1: the life study message that we covered today in its printed and edited form and certainly more complete than we were able to get into in the 30 minutes that we had today has been bound together in a volume that includes the first 18 life studies from the book of Acts and we're offering that to our radio listeners this is a handsome book. It's not a pamphlet or a booklet. It's a 150-page book. Ultimately, four volumes will complete the Life Study of Acts. This first one, with the first 18 messages, is what we're offering to you today. And our number is one eight 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 life study That's 543-3788. Or when you write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. We hope you'll be back with us tomorrow for another life study program with Witness Lee. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Weil. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you have any questions or would like to find other Christians in your area who also enjoy this ministry, feel free to call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can email us radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.